0: So if I bring my dog out and do three sits, three times a week, it's going to take my dog a lot longer to learn to sit than if I do 20 a day, or 20 three times a day for a week, right? They're going to get way more reps in a short period of time. It's the same thing. Like if you uh, are learning math, they don't give you one problem that uses a quadratic equation a day. They give you 30 of them right and you do the same kind of problem over and over and over and over again you're like okay i got this right i I figured this out it's the exact same thing for the dog when i'm working on a skill i want to drill that skill and i want to get as many reps of that behavior in a compressed time frame as possible while they're trying to learn what that is right and that'll speed the process up so we tend not to use toys in the beginning as much because we don't get as many reps harder. Like some of these things like luring your dog into a stand with a toy can be really hard, unless your dog's very polite about the toy, right? Because then I, as I push, they grab it out of my hand, they're like leaping on you, they're doing all kinds of craziness. So teaching those behaviors with a toy can be hard. There are people out there that do it, that are really good at it, but it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, it takes a lot more physical skill and timing, and you have to have a lot of uh, uh, restraint put on your dog, so they know that they can't grab the toy until you tell them they can grab the toy so they tend to have to be further along, whereas with, uh, like, you couldn't bring out a little puppy and use a toy to do those things very functionally. But food, no problem. And then once you've established the behavior with food, you can replace the food with a toy. And after lunch, we'll bring out and we'll do a little play with the toy. Um, but I should say that we don't use the toy as an obedience reward until we have the, some certain rules established, Right? So one of the things is we're going to play with our dogs, and we want the dogs to be interested in playing with us. Now they're playing tug, or they're chasing a ball, or whatever it is. And they're into these activities, but we don't use it in obedience as a reward until they're really into it. They'll let go of it when I ask them to let go of it, and they'll bring it back to me if I let them have it or throw it for them. If I don't have those three things established, don't try to use it during your obedience. Because obviously if they don't want it enough, it's not a reward they won't let go of it, then I get one repetition of whatever behavior I want, and then I have a fight (laughs) to get the thing back. So whatever good things they learned, they just unlearned because I had to choke them off the thing afterwards, right? So they had a good experience and then immediately followed by a bad one, right? So we would prefer not to do that. And if they won't bring it back to you, it's a problem too, because then if they pull it out of your hand or you throw it and then you got to chase them around and get it back from them, again, you introduce conflict to your and disrupts the flow of your obedience sessions, and potentially introduces conflict into the relationship. So what we want to do is make sure you get those things all ironed out in the play portion before you go on to using it in the obedience. And then once you have those, now my dog, I've sh- shown him with food how to sit, down, stand, heel, look at me, whatever. And, and he knows in play, he li- really likes the toys, he'll so bring them right back to me, he'll out them, he'll do all those things. Now at that point, I can start using the toy in place of the food in obedience games, right? But I tend to try to get those things uh, uh, established as their own thing. So a typical thing with me with puppies is that I bring the puppy out, I do some food work a little bit, and then I take a break and I do a play session. And then I do those repeatedly. So the food sessions I concentrate on teaching the puppy all their basic stuff, you know, their reward their communication language, their reward marker, how to follow lure, shaping behaviors, initial behaviors, all that kind of stuff I'm installing stuff. Separately, I'm playing with them, and in during play, they're learning to like to play, they're learning to out the toy, they're learning to bring the toy back to me, they're learning those things, and then I merge those worlds as you go along. Uh, and you'll have some dogs that are going to be more motivated by food for their entire life, in which case you can use a toy to exercise them and stuff, but you're still probably, when doing obedience, then are going to use food more frequently than a toy because it's a higher value reward for that dog. And then for a lot of other dogs, the play is going to outstrip their desire for food rapidly, especially when you start working with, uh, with working breeds or herding breeds and those sorts of things, retrievers and those dogs. Um, even though they do like food, most of them, by the time they're mature, if you're playing with them on a regular basis, their desire for the, the toy is much higher than their desire for food. And so that that's the highest value reward. So in the end, we want to use what's most rewarding to the dog, right? Because if we do that, we get better, stronger behaviors. So we'll switch to whatever the dog likes best after we've done the initial teaching phases. So after lunch, uh, we'll repeat this process uh, uh, with a toy. So I'll bring the dogs out, and we'll do a little bit of tug play with the dogs so you can sort of see how that goes. Uh, and I have a variety of kind of soft and various uh, weight tugs. One of the things that we're going to find is that when we go to using toys, you have to choose a toy that's appropriate for the dog's development and intensity. Right? So with little puppies, we frequently start with the very soft things. But as soon as the puppies are into it, you don't want to keep playing with soft things because once you start having to introduce rules, it's very difficult to introduce rules on a big, floppy, squishy toy, right? You can't hold it still. You can't immobilize it. There's certain things that we don't want to do. So when we start, we use a soft toy. And then once I feel them really compressing, I go to a slightly firmer one and a slightly firmer one until I have the toy that's the perfect toy for me to start to introduce rules with. And that'll be different with every dog. So some dog may be on a soft, squishy toy for their whole life. So I go to uh, do seminars for some agility groups, and they have a variety of different kinds of dogs. They've got, you know, little mutts and springers and shelties and things like that. And I can't ask a sheltie to play tug on a hard jute tug toy. They're not going to do it. But I can take a braided fleece toy and play tug with the sheltie, right? Um, And so I may be stuck using that. If my German Shepherd, I don't want to keep playing with a soft, squishy toy, right? Because when I go to teach him to out, I am not going to be able to hold that thing still. They're going to be able to torque on it and twist it and pull it and do all that other stuff, right? So I want to gradually move them up to a slightly stiffer toy. But it's also going to be dependent on their development, their jaw strength, their age, all those sorts of things. So we'll talk a little bit uh, before we break out the toys for the given dogs, what's appropriate for a dog at a certain stage. And then, uh, and then we'll use that to kind of go forward. And then um, what we'll do after that this afternoon... Uh, is I will show you, um, basically, puppy bite work and how it applies to play. So the segue, first we'll have you come out and play with your dogs, then we'll put the dogs on harnesses and I will show you what puppy bite work looks like. And puppy bite work is just simply a form of structured play, right? Or we're restraining the dog on the harness to make interest in an object that we want to play with the dog with, right? So it's not protection work per se. It's the precursor to that. It's what we would do with a dog we were going to go forward, but it's also what we do with dogs when we want to encourage stronger play responses. So I have lots of friends that do just agility and obedience and things like that, and we still do this beginning-level kind of puppy bite work uh, with their dogs because it makes them play better. It teaches them to focus on an object, and we control that, and we use restraint to make more drive for that object so we can increase the dog's desire to play. If you'd like to learn more about how to use food in your training and how to use tugs and playing tugs in your training you can get the two DVDs that I've done with Michael. The first is titled The Power of Training Dogs with Food. The second is titled The Power of Playing Tug with Your Dog.